Welcome to the Jillian Winery Show. My hope for this episode is that it will fan the flame within you to stand on God's word and speak his truth into every circumstance he puts you in, even when it's hard, uncomfortable, or meant with opposition, because you never know who God is placing around you for this very purpose. Maybe it's to be that witness around those who don't believe or are questioning God. Maybe it's to share your testimony when someone is facing difficulties and losing hope. Maybe it's to be the person who will speak God's truth over another person's false thinking. Maybe it's to pray over another person out loud that could really use it. Or maybe it's simply to walk away when others are speaking foolishly or acting sinfully in your workplace or at a family function or event. It's to, to disengage with that. Or not to converse back when someone else is gossiping and rather pointing them back to loving others, even when it's hard. Put simply, it's being a reflection of God in the everyday moments and even in the hard ones, because you might be the very means in which God wants to use today in order to give someone else a glimpse of him. You could very well be the closest thing someone may ever get to opening up the word or getting to church. So I want to encourage you today. Don't miss those moments and don't shrink back despite how uncomfortable you may feel at first. In Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Jesus refers to this stance as being salt and light. He tells us believers that if we're following him, we're, we're to be that salt of the earth and that light of this world. Yet he also directly follows it up with a statement I find so fascinating. It comes with a warning. Why would Jesus tell us to do something, but then directly warn us. And I think it's because the opposition he knows is going to be there. And so that warning was to not lose our saltiness nor hide our light, because if we do, he says, we become useless. So today I want to break down why Jesus compared us to salt and light, why it came with a warning and why it's pivotal for us as followers of him to live it out. So to get started, let's look at the verses found in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. So if you have a Bible nearby, I suggest reading along because something might stand out to you today that you may want to underline or refer back to. So Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the father in heaven. So my first question, why did Jesus compare us to salt and light? For starters, both salt and light are needed to sustain life to purify the elements they come in contact with, and they both have healing qualities in them. You know, there's no coincidence as to why Jesus used these simple terms that had such a depth of meaning to compare us to. Because when we live out God's word and when we speak his truth over this world and the people around us, he uses us as a means to help sustain life, to purify, and to heal others. But I want to dive deeper into this word study today. Maybe it's some things you've never drawn this comparison to with salt and light. I know some are pretty obvious, but some maybe you've never thought of before. But I think this is imperative that we see maybe why God used these simple terms to describe such a beautiful thing that we're called to be. So for starters, 
Salt can be used to heal wounds. Just like God's word does when we speak it over ourselves and others, it has the ability to heal people's past, their current afflictions, the trauma they've been, or the bondage bondage that they've been under. It has the ability to heal. Salt preserves. We see this when we add salt to food, it preserves it from going bad. Just as God preserves us through salvation, he preserves our souls and he uses believers as a means to reach the lost in order to preserve them. Salt adds flavor, just as God uses us believers to add flavor to this world through love and joy and our giftings. You know, trillions of tons of salt are found in our oceans, including the darkest depths of them for many reasons, including helping sustain marine life. It affects the current, which thus impacts our climate. You see, that's what God does through us when he sends us believers into dark places or situations. We change the climate. We change the current because we bring Jesus with us. Salt is even used on snowing roads to help melt hard ice. And it gives traction so people can get to the other side. But it reminds me of how when we share the gospel, it can soften the hardest of hearts as well. And it can get someone to the other side, meaning on the narrow path into eternity with God. When Jesus walked this earth, salt was of extreme value, which is why Roman soldiers were paid in salt. And yet here we are of extreme value to God and to this world because we carry God in us. Also, during Jesus's time, salt was extremely rare, and so were those that fully believed in him and walked in his ways. In fact, today, salt in the believer is still rare because studies have suggested that only 9% of the population is actually saved. Talk about rare. You know, the human body can actually die from a depletion of salt, just like the church body could die from a depletion of God. In our lives, we see God always working things out for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And this is part of the purpose is to be that salt. And God uses us in this world because if we weren't here, evil would fully take reign. So there are so many examples of why God uses us and draws us as that comparison to salt. But even more interesting is that salt is actually found in our blood, our sweat, and even our tears, which made me think about all the lives that have been lost over thousands of years for people who have stood boldly for their faith and it costed them their life. For those that have worked relentlessly to serve God, just sweating out so much of their life for the ministry and for the church. And for those that have faced extreme suffering and have cried out in prayer, but that blood, that sweat, and those tears, they carried salt. You know, we even see salt being used in the old Testament with sacrifices In Leviticus 2.13, it says, Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. And interestingly enough, Jesus's blood, it was poured out for us in the New Testament as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, which we know carried salt. You know, there's no coincidence to this. So now let's look at light. Like salt, light is essential for life. We can't see it without light, just like we can't see so much of our own sin or the truth without the light of God's word. Plants in our food cannot grow without light, just like we can't spiritually grow without God, his word, or biblical community. Light is what gives us essential vitamins and minerals that our body needs, just like the nutrients believers give to others through their powerful ministries for the Lord or for the sermons that reaches the heart of the lost, for the conversations that point people back to God, to the worship songs that are made that allowed us to praise the Lord, for books 
that are written by believers that show God's goodness or redeeming work or simplify terms that maybe are hard for someone to start reading in the Bible, but it encourages others to keep going. You know, light is also pivotal for life, just like God and his church are pivotal for sustaining life. Light even impacts our sleep cycles and the nerves in our brain, just like God's word gives us peace. When we speak over it, it helps impact our quality of sleep and the renewing of our mind. When we're discipling others with God's word, light helps kill bacteria and viruses, just like God's word kills depression and anxiety and defeats the enemy. When we are speaking it over ourselves and others and the most beautiful aspect of light is found in the first commandment. God ever speaks out. We see this in Genesis one, three, as God says, let there be light. And there was light. The Bible also tells us in first John one, five, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all because light is of God. And if we are of God, we are made in his image, right? And we're supposed to be that light for others because his spirit dwells in us. So this brings me to my second point. Why does God, you know, Jesus warn us about losing our salty flavor and hiding our light under a basket. And I just think it's because it is, it's often done. It's easy. It's easy to do. It's easy to fall in that trap, the trap from the enemy, this world, and even our own flesh that will cause us to have that resistance to be the salt and the light and to lose that saltiness or to hide our light or to stand for God in hard situations. And you will likely, or have had that desire to live a comfortable life and not press into those moments to be the salt and light. But Jesus isn't calling us to a comfortable life. In John 16, 33, he reminds us when he says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So take heart when you're trying to be that salt and light. Jesus has paid for it all and we're going to meet him one day. So why not be that salt and that light right now? You know, Jesus knows what we're up against. And I believe he warns us not to lose our saltiness nor our light, regardless of the trouble we face or the opposition we encounter for a purpose. It's because he needs to use us, or maybe he not doesn't need to, but Lord willing, he wants to. What a gift, what a gift in that. And you see, the only way salt loses its flavor is by diluting it. I don't know if you knew this, but the only way salt loses its flavor is by diluting it with water. Cause we know just a little bit is really potent, right? So for the Christian, we lose our saltiness by diluting the truth of God's word so that others may feel comfortable living in their sin or their false beliefs. We lose our saltiness by diluting the truth, or we lose our saltiness by mixing the truth of God's word with the changing trends of the culture or by dabbling in false ideologies, but trying to represent God. By doing so, we lose our saltiness. And because of that, we become useless. You know, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And I find that so fitting because sometimes we think by being salt and being light, it's being harsh, but you know, it's not, it's by being compassionate, being gracious. It's just saying it with truth. And with light, Jesus warns us of hiding our light in the same, for the same reasons, because if we're only shining God's light that's in us within the confines of our comfortable home around the friends that we trust in, or people who have the same exact beliefs as us or under the basket of the church building on Sunday mornings, then we're really not casting out our light over those who are living in darkness. Are we, 
if we're only shining for Jesus and our beliefs at home, but not around our unbelieving family or the fellow employees maybe that we have that are constantly speaking out new age lies, then are we really giving light for others to see? Or are we actually hiding it as the scripture warns us? And furthermore, if we're only shining a light in an already lit place, what use are we? You know, this next point I want to bring up is, is really important because why is being salt and light pivotal for living out? And I think that we undermine this so often that we miss opportunities God's putting us before us because we don't know how to speak into them, but it just comes with practice. So I just want to remind you that if you don't shine your light over the people that God has set around you, who will Martin Luther King Jr. said it so beautifully. He said, darkness cannot cast out darkness. Only light can do that. Meaning the brokenness you see in this world from sin can only be driven out by God's light. And we are called to be that light. John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What a freeing thing that your light is needed in the darkness and the darkness will not overtake it because we know where we're going. You see, the reality is that if we're just looking around at a broken world, and we're not stepping up to the plate to stand for God and his truth in the hard situations that God's put around us. We can't be wishing that the world looked less broken or complaining about it or praying it was different. We should actually change our prayers to, hey, God, I need more strength and courage to be obedient, to be the person who's going to be that salt and light before you and before men. Because just like light is of no use unless it's being turned on and cast over the darkness so others can see Salt is of no use unless it's being poured out, you know, like Lot's wife, salt is of no use as a pillar or in a shaker. It's only when it's being poured out as a sacrifice for others to preserve, to purify, and to heal that we see its strength and the power that it carries just like the believer. You know, I think sometimes we're fooled into thinking that God can't use us or that our light isn't as bright as other people, or we don't have the giftingness or we don't have the, the words or the knowledge or this and that, but that couldn't be further from the truth. The reality is that God has put every circumstance around you for a purpose. If you would only step up into it, God will use the willing, you know, God often uses the least likely of people to do the most powerful things and God wants to use you. And so if each of us as believers following Jesus, where that salt and that light and the people around us, just imagine the ripple effect that would just overtake this world. You know, it starts in our homes, in our neighborhood, within our families, our social gatherings, the groups we belong to, the church body, in our workplace, amidst our travels, or even just the simple coming and going of our every day. It's to be that witness, that light for others, so that they may see God and see the salt in our conversations that point others back to the truth. Isaiah 61 says, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So I want to leave you with just an actual story that happened to me today that it might just bring light to this situation of being salt and light. So I found myself in the presence of someone who was speaking falsely about things. They kept repeating, you know, new age quotes. They were, it was twisting scripture. They didn't know this. They didn't realize this. It was just, this is how deep the lies go in our culture that people don't even realize that it's a lie. And they, they stand on this as if it's truth, but we know it's not as believers. Something, man, how do I speak to this person without offending them? We're really close. I don't want to just to, to do this in the wrong way. And so I just started praying. I just said, Hey, God, give me the words and, and the eyes to see what I should say. And in my nervousness, all of a sudden 
I just felt like God said, share what I've done for you. And so I started sharing all the ways God had recently moved in my life, was doing miraculous things that maybe didn't make sense, but I was seeing how he was changing it all for good. And all of a sudden they started just their eyes widened and they leaned in and we're talking about God's redeeming work, which totally took our conversation on a different path. And I could see that they were starting to shift and even how they were talking. And I was backing things up with scripture and I wasn't saying, Hey, this is, you're saying a liar, but I was just speaking the truth. And suddenly I saw them doing it. And to my surprise, that person wanted to know more. And by the end of our conversation, I am not kidding. We were literally holding hands, praying over our families, over our kiddos, over our own walk, that we would be a light to this world. And it blew my mind. And as I walked away from that person, I get a text and they said, Hey, because of what you said today, I really want to go to your church. I want to see what you're doing. I want to see what your church body is doing. And uh, I just know that I need more of that. I need to make church a priority because I want to I want to be that light for others. And I just thought, oh my goodness, like God is so good. If we would just lean in, I think sometimes we look at that salt and light as just such a heaviness of it's so hard. In fact, there will be times when it's hard, but man, when you get the one that's ready, it is so beautiful, which reminded me of this verse I want to close with from first John four, four through six. It says, you are of God, little children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. But we are of God. He who knows God hears us and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of, of, of error. Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold in my life. Whom shall I be afraid? So do not let the world or the enemy or your flesh fool you into dimming your light are not pouring out your salt to be that truth for others. Do not let unbelievers intimidate you into being silenced. In fact, it's in those moments that we were made for, that we were called for, that God wants to use to just show his glory and his goodness for someone else that may not be willing to make it to church yet. So I want to encourage you to rise up because God is in you and you were created to glorify him. So check out the show notes for some added resources, including a few sermons that beautifully break down these verses in Matthew five of being that salt and being that light. And it has such wisdom. So I want to encourage you to, to point you to that as a next step, as long as some, uh, as well as some worship songs that are in there to encourage you to be that salt and that light this week and going forward. And my favorite, there's a little video in there for your family. So if you've got little kiddos, watch this with them. It's about, you know, it's less than four minutes, but it beautifully depicts a representation of how, when we're that light shining in a dark neighborhood, how it gives light for others to see. And when we walk, not overpowering, but humbly just keep walking step by step by step in God's light, he will multiply us and more lights will come around us to shine up our neighborhoods even brighter. And so every time I watch that video with my kids, cause they love it, we just get so pumped up and it's so encouraging for me, even at 37. So I encourage you to check those out. So until next week, keep shining, keep seasoning your words with salt, because this is why we were made. All right. See you next week.